Welcome to Sendo Life, episode number 60. I'm Jessica Duffin, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. This episode is sponsored by my friends at BU. It can be really hard to find a CBD brand to trust. So many have vague information or charge over £100 for a tiny bottle or tub, and you don't really know if it's worth it. The descriptions are vague. So that's why I was so happy that BU brought out a CBD range, which includes drops, sprays, and a balm. This CBD has been developed by scientists to bring you the best quality, pure CBD made with organic oils, flavours and natural CBD. To shop the range, just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps the natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free endometriosis symptom tracker. If you feel like you're in pain all the time or you're tired all the time and you just can't tell what's making your endo better or worse, which is what I'm currently dealing with with my interstitial cystitis, I can never say that word, then this tracker could help you begin to understand subtle patterns in your endometriosis symptoms. By using this tracker every day, charting your mood, pain, brain fog and other symptoms and noting down what you eat, your stress levels and lifestyle habits, you'll begin to understand the crucial relationship between your body, your life and endometriosis. Understanding this is key to making changes that actually work and have a positive effect. As always, this guide doesn't replace your medical treatment and it's not intended to treat or cure endometriosis, but it provides you with a tool that I use personally to help me live well with endometriosis and work out what was helping me and wasn't helping me. To download, just head to the show notes and follow the link to get your free copy. Today I'm going to do something a bit different. I don't really talk about like how endometriosis affects my work in the capacity of like being self-employed um, or like a business owner, an entrepreneur, but it actually is such a huge part of my life and I haven't talked about it because not everyone is self-employed, so I'm moving my headphones around. Um, not everyone is self-employed and um, many people are employed or part-time or you know don't work for whatever reason that might be and I have always thought maybe it veered too much off the track but if I have challenges around being self-employed and you know a business owner and have endometriosis then other people will as well Um, And I am seeing more and more people with endometriosis start their own things, which is amazing. So I'm definitely not alone in this. So today I'm talking about endometriosis as an entrepreneur, business owner, freelancer. Um, Yeah, basically as someone who's working for themselves in some kind of capacity. So I actually started my work life um self-employed I didn't get a job I mean I had a part-time job after school but out of college um or out of London College of Fashion I started as a stylist a freelance stylist and then (laughs) me and my friend were trying to set up like um 
photo shoot locations and yeah so it was kind of all in the creative stuff and then I met my best friend and business partner Becky and we started Idol magazine which was um or is a magazine uh geared towards up-and-coming talent in arts fashion music and it was so fast-paced and at the time I really believed I didn't think there was any other mentality other than this was a sprint, not a marathon. I thought, and so did Becky, that we had to do everything as fast as possible. We really had this hustle mentality um, and I wanted to keep up with the rest of the team, but I think it was really clear early on that I didn't have that kind of energy that everyone else did, Um, but I pushed myself regardless. And we were working seven days a week, you know, up till midnight, even later, like all-nighters were extremely common, like weekly basis. I was always talking to Becky on WhatsApp or Skype or some kind of way constantly, like because we worked together every day. So if I wasn't with her, I was talking to her. And so when I was at home, I didn't feel that. I could stop so I literally (laughs) I literally was living off toast because it was really quick and chocolate bars for a sugary fix when I needed it like when I felt myself like um drop in obviously I didn't realize that was like blood sugar crashing at the time so I was getting no nutrients I didn't know I had endometriosis at the time I was also kind of like dieting so we always had these parties to go to so I I wasn't eating much, but I would kind of like, I'm not sure if I was like not eating then, like when I was younger, but yeah, I can't really remember what I did because most of my, most of my diet was chocolate bars and bread, but I obviously cut those out and replaced them with something, but it was not healthy at all. And at the weekends or at these parties, like we drunk a lot because that was kind of just what you did at these parties. Um, it was like a really wild time. So I really wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating enough. Um, I was drinking loads of coffee to get me by. That's probably what I was doing when I was dieting, diet coke and coffee. I was really, really anxious because I had this constant guilt that I wasn't keeping up with everyone else. And I had this foreboding feeling that something was quite wrong with this way I was living, but I couldn't tell you why. I just thought I was being weak and that everyone else who wanted to start their own thing lived this way and they were right. Um, So I was really anxious and it got to the point where, and this wasn't like the tipping point at all. It got to the point where, my body felt like lead in the mornings. Waking up was so, so hard. It felt impossible. And because Becky and I spent all of our time together, I'd often stay over and wake up with her as she had so much energy and I had none. It got to the point where I was really, really unhappy. Um, Obviously, because I wasn't feeling good, like my body wasn't functioning properly I obviously had a whole host of deficiencies um I just wasn't getting the nutrients that I needed I wasn't getting the sleep that I needed I got really depressed and got really really anxious 
I obviously had lots of panic attacks, but I had two major ones that I ended up in A&E for and given um, some very strong drugs that my GP then took me off because he said that they were like horse tranquilizers. They were so powerful. And I guess like another thing that was really weighing on me as it would as an entrepreneur is I had no income except for the money that I had. So I had money from a car accident and that was what was um, basically funding Idol. Um, And I had no support from my family. No one agreed with what I was doing and they just didn't get it. I come from a really, really working class family and this just made no sense to them. I had my nan telling me to go and work at Tesco and everyone was kind of against me. Yeah, my room was a mess, where I lived was a mess, my brain was a mess, my body was a mess. And yeah, in in the end, (laughs) there were so many episodes of breakdowns that led to me leaving. But in the end, I stepped down as editor, um, deputy editor, and then I think I was creative director for a while, and then I left entirely. And it was one of the most painful things I've ever done. And have ever done since. And I don't think that it's probably hard to understand if you haven't started your own business what it's like to walk away. It's the closest thing I could compare to like having children. I know it's not, but like it was my baby and I created something in the world and it was so, so difficult to walk away and sever that relationship that I had with my best friend after something that because of something that I didn't understand. I didn't know why I was weak. So anyway, I left and I was lost for a little while and I went into charity. And because we're not talking about, you know, being employed right now, um, I'm just going to kind of like brush past that. Um, but I obviously went freelance eventually and that didn't come about in the best way. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be self-employed again and have my own business I had I was still employed I was part-time and I had already started this endo life a couple like a year or two before and um I was doing a little writing of articles for endometriosis news and I was also doing a bit of copywriting for Becky my best friend because she continued to have a business so I was doing a little bit of writing sometimes for idle sometimes for other kind of company she was working on so I had a tiny 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 bit of income coming in and it all came to a head at the place that I was employed at and I went sick I got signed up sick for I don't know I want to say six weeks but I could be wrong um and during that time I handed my notice in and it was a really scary decision um I didn't have any savings But what I did have was I had done a big piece of work for Becky and combined with the work that I'd done for Endometriosis News, it had accumulated into something like a grand or something. And I just got paid from that. And it was also the end of the month. So I just got paid from the company I was working for. And it was a really desperate situation. And I just, it sounds really, sounds a lot easier than it was, but I basically came to the conclusion that I could make it work. I I basically worked out what was the minimum that I could survive on 
And I divided that by a couple of months by, I think I worked out that I could survive for like two months. And so I gave myself two months to really hustle and get myself more self-employed gigs basically. Um, And I sat down and brainstormed every single way that I could make money with the talents that I had. And a lot of it came down to like writing and content creation and, you know, creativity, because that that was my thing. And that's what I've been doing ever since. I have been, throughout that time, I've obviously been balancing the non-paid work that I do, that's this endo life, with the paid work that I do, which is, you know, writing articles for different companies about endometriosis. Um, and I do, I was working for Endometriosis UK, um, as a freelancer one day a week and two days a week working for a sustainable company as a freelancer, um, content creator. So all of this is around like kind of writing and content. So it's been a really interesting past two years, I guess, of trying to balance making money and doing my passion project, like this endo life, doing what I love and what I really want to do with my life and transitioning to working entirely from home and looking after myself and yet also being like, I have to make income. If I take any time off, I'm not getting paid. And how do I take a holiday and how do I take a sick day? Um, and I'm going to do an episode entirely on self-employed versus employed and what I think the pros and cons are when it comes to managing endo. But, um, for this episode specifically, I just wanted to talk about the challenges that I've experienced in the past two years and what I'm doing to counteract them and address them in case it helps any of you who are thinking about going self-employed because I know I've had messages from you guys saying that you want to go self-employed, help manage your endometriosis. And that was my thinking as well. Um, But it's definitely not without its challenges for sure. So one of the key things that I struggle with is staying active and then that conflict between getting enough sleep. So what I mean by that is One of the reasons why I always wanted to go self-employed and why I was working towards that, um, but obviously that just happened sooner than I had anticipated, was that I was waking up like early to go to work, rushing, rushing to work, going on the commute, feeling kind of like depressed and stressed on the commute and then getting to work and my day starting there, but I'd already kind of been up for a couple of hours and stressed out and things like that. But what I was doing was getting in a very, very quick walk. I was walking for 25 minutes probably at a really fast pace. So that was good. And I was standing up and down throughout the day and I was moving around throughout the day and I walked around on my lunch break. But what I wanted was the ability to wake up later because my biggest challenge was fatigue. So now I'm kind of waking up between seven and eight, half eight, nine on a really bad day, probably like towards my period. Um, And on a really good day, six. But I wouldn't say that happens much unless I like really, really 
need to do that. When I was doing the photography for the cookbook, I just had this crazy, relentless power and was able to wake up at six. It was really hard, but it was a weird mind over matter that I've not been able to conjure since. Basically, in order to stay in bed a bit longer, I then have to start work quickly, quicker, if that makes sense. So I found that what I was doing was just like waking up and then feeling really anxious as soon as I woke up and rushing into work. And I have developed a self-care routine over the years, but I felt anxious when I was doing that anyway. And then I'm going to my desk and sitting down for eight hours, most of the time longer because being self-employed, you do tend to work longer hours. Like I know you do have flexibility about when you, how you work, but I guess if you were, I guess maybe if you were getting like paid full time, then you would be able to like switch off a bit earlier. But because I only make, because like half, like half of my week is, half of my week makes my income and the other half doesn't make an income. I have to kind of like squeeze in those paid hours and then also like squeeze as much of out of my time as I can for this endo life because that's where what I want to do in my life and that's how I want it to that's the thing that I'm passionate about so I'm always trying to work on that as much as possible perhaps if you are self-employed and your business is doing really well you don't feel that pressure to work that long because you can take your foot off the pedal a little bit because you know you've always got that money coming in and you're not trying to juggle two things. You're not trying to juggle like the thing that makes you money and the thing that you really want to do. You know, so I'm not I'm not moving. I'm not getting to go outside. I feel like I'm going to flip between present and past tense because when I am not focused, it can be easy to be a present issue. So sorry about my weird use of tense tenses here. I was finishing, so say I would finish at like, Probably seven is kind of like, I'm trying to get on top of that now, but seven has been a standard time for me to finish work for the past two years. Well, actually, no, first year, like nine o'clock, but then I started my like study. Gosh, to be honest, even later, really 10, sometimes 11, especially on endo life days. Yeah, like even midnight. Oh, it's really bad to admit that. Then I started studying, so I kind of would be like, right, I have to finish at seven. Um, no, finish before seven so that I could start studying at seven till nine, which meant I was also sitting down. So I have sat down more than I've done anything else <laughs> in the past two years. And um, it just doesn't feel good. My body feels stagnant. Um, I don't feel energized and I don't feel vibrant even though so many of my health issues are I've gotten on top of like my pain there is this lack of vibrancy because I'm not like energizing myself with movement another struggle that I've had um has been keeping alert and focused so like one bad night of sleep because my hormones are out of whack or night of pain um or maybe I've just got a day of fatigue or brain fog um really affects my day and you can't just scrape through because it's your business I think when you are working I like okay maybe not everyone but when I was at in charity 
there were days when I could take my foot off the pedal a little bit if I wasn't feeling that up to it. Or you told your manager, I'm not like I told my manager, I'm not feeling 100 percent. And they're like, just do what you can. There's no one telling me that. There's no one telling me go home, go to bed because I'm not going to get paid. And I'm not going to I'm not going to get paid. Um, and even though I know that half of my work isn't something that brings in the income, as I'm sure people who run their own business know, like as an as an entrepreneur, you have so many things that you want to do with your passion project, side hustle, business, whatever it is, even if it's just a blog that you have no intention of making money from, you there's just so much you want to do. Like I have so many episodes that I want to write, write and record and so many podcasts, um, so many blog posts that I want to write and so many freebies that I want to write and so many ebooks. You kind of feel like you could always do more so I don't ever want to sacrifice those days and if you do a bad job it's reflected on your work your own business the own thing you're building so I never it's a real struggle to well it was a real struggle to be able to counteract that fatigue and, and brain fog Another issue that I've found is loneliness. That's been really big and that's had an impact on like my depression. When you're working on at home, there's like no one, there's no one else to lift you, lift your spirits if you're having a hard day, if you're stressed. You know, if I was stressed at um, center point, I could go for a coffee with, you know, my work wife and just talk it out and then come back and kind of feel a bit more recharged or you could just stop for a second and make a cup of tea with someone and have a quick chat and a laugh or, you know, that social part was so important and I don't have that at all anymore and I don't have it, I don't really get this anymore but I found myself, I would find my mind and my brain hungrily looking around for stimulation, like literally wanting something to soak up and absorb some kind of life and just like looking around the room and being like yeah nothing's alive in here except for you so and we're social creatures we evolved in tribes we our well-being improves in tribes in community and women even react better to, to stress when they're supported by other women um or you know assigned female at birth individuals um, I'm not sure how that would change if you were trans. Like, I, I don't know how that would affect like hormones, but women, um, the, the studies have shown that women actually do better in stressful situations when they have a support network of women, specifically women. I'm not sure why, like it's, it's not men. Obviously my, it, I couldn't, I couldn't afford a work. I haven't been able to afford a workspace. Um, especially like so early on into like my freelance work. So I kind of had to stay at home and I found that going to coffee shops would end up costing quite a lot of money because you kind of feel like you need to buy something at least once every, you know, hour, hour and a half. And not many coffee shops have things that I could like easily eat. Like it's fine for like one one meal and a snack but after that like you're kind of running out of options that someone like me who follows a particular diet can eat so I found that challenging and it put me in the direct line of temptation when it came to like coffee and brownies and things 
and I found that yeah being in a coffee shop environment was really distracting as well when you're dealing with fatigue and brain fog like having like a crying baby next to you and uh, very animated conversations and it's really busy and the steamer is the machines go in like the steam milk steam and you know they're banging the milk on the side and they're grinding coffee it's just my best work does not happen there my best work happens when I'm on my own at home but it does mean that I'm lonely so that's been a challenge and then my biggest challenge is burnout I've talked about this before and I wish I could tell you that I've got a handle on it but I haven't yet and I think it's much more psychological for me than it is physical I don't necessarily know what's normal in terms of a level of like how much to work and when to stop and I think endo has affected my life so much that I feel like I'm so I'm so far behind the person that I feel like I could be without endo and so I do feel that I'm constantly playing catch up and as a result it means that I feel like I can't really pause I do try to slow down towards my period and I I basically map out my work around my cycle but it's the switching off not working crazy hours not working all of the weekends that I find the hardest and it has created a cycle burnout which I have suffered with all of my life like since I was a child but it's happening more and more frequently in the past couple of years even when I was employed I was getting burnt out but now it's it's so frequent um and the past couple of since I've been writing this ebook I've struggled with it really badly um and I, I feel at present, as I record this, I feel like I'm in burnout. Like, I feel like I burnt out and I haven't picked back up from that. And I feel like that's really my cycle at the moment. Like, I have, like, maybe, I don't know. I feel like I'm always operating at burnout. And then I might have, like, a a slight second wind for a week. And then I overdo it. And then the burnout kind of like overtakes me again but I don't feel like I ever fully get out of that and I think that's for sure a risk when you are an entrepreneur or a business like a business owner um, a freelancer you have these pressures to make money Um, you have these pressures that you can't you might not necessarily afford to be able to pay yourself sick pay and different things like that and and then you've got this extra layer when you have endometriosis that you have like on certain days you're a bit slower because of fatigue or pain certain days are a complete write-off because like you're in way too much pain to, to write or whatever it is that you do and things are just generally like harder add to that that psychological component of feeling like you're not where you should be in life because this condition has taken over so much it's very very hard for me, anyway, as someone who does have perfectionist and workaholic traits, to step back and be like, it's okay to take Saturday off. <laughs> or, yeah, it's it's really hard and I'm, I'm in the middle of that. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. 
BU create gorgeous, natural and organic CBD products that I love. To get the most out of your CBD, BU recommends that you use the products as per instructions on a daily basis for your entire cycle. The effects of CBD are much more obvious when used consistently as the CBD really gets to work on your inflammation levels. It's also recommended that you give CBD around two to three months to see how your body responds to it and whether it works for you. CBD doesn't work for everyone, but it definitely seems to be something that's popular within the endo community and kind of painful period community at the moment. Lots of people are finding relief. I would love to hear how you get on with it. If you do try any of the products, let me know. To shop the range, just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps the natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free endometriosis symptom tracker. If you kind of feel a bit overwhelmed by your pain and your symptoms and you really just don't know where to start with managing them, then tracking your symptoms over a couple of months or even just a month to see what your triggers might be could be really helpful. I've put together a free download that helps you track your pain, your mood, your brain fog, uh, your bloating, where you are in your cycle, your eating habits, your stress levels, so many different things um, in a really simple and effective way. If you'd like to try it out, um, obviously it's free, just head to the show notes, follow the link and you can get your own copy. But I do have some key tips from things that I have changed and have really worked for me and things that like I know I need to implement and I haven't fully been able to yet um, because it's a process, but it's something that I want to share with you. So the first thing is quite obviously look after your health. Whenever I don't, my body pays the price every single time. And then as a result, so does my business. I think part of the problem is this mentality that your business and your body are separate things. If you are your business, your body needs to be be at its optimal state to be able to run a well-oiled business or be a good writer or be a good... Why can I only think of people being freelance writers? I don't know. And I, and I can't, I think it was Rachel Hollis who really brought this into perspective for me. Um, she did an episode on her Rise podcast. It's quite, it's fairly recent. It's probably about two months old where she talks about like how to look after your health when you've got a business. And I can't remember what she said, but it was, it was something like, you know, how do you expect to be able to run a profitable business if you are feeling super unwell and you're unfit and you're exhausted and I can't remember how she said it but the way she said it just knocked me over the head like hello it's your responsibility like I think it's really easy to push aside health because I'm like oh I don't have time for that right now I've got to do this I've got to do that I've got to do that and it's like but that thing you're trying to do the thing that you say is so important to you how is it that important to you if you're not creating the foundations in order to do that to the best of your ability if I want this podcast to be the best quality that I can bring you if I want like my brain to be really on point then I need to book in the recordings when I'm ovulating when I feel good I need to make sure that my blood sugar 
is stable on those days so that I'm not crashing and feeling like I've got no energy to talk to you guys. I need to make sure that I'm sleeping well the night before. So many different factors and it just, it seems so obvious, but it can be like, it can be very like, it just can be something that we dismiss. So that's obviously something that is so important and I feel like I have to practice that daily because even though I'm super on it with endo, there are still certain areas that I let fall. And that includes getting to sleep at the right time and managing my stress levels um, because obviously that that plays into your health and making sure that I'm getting enough rest. So that leads me on to getting enough sleep. Sleep is not a luxury, guys. It is absolutely essential. Um, sleep allows our body to repair. So sleeping actually like triggers the repair, I think they're like hormones to begin their work, get your body back into shape after you've had like a hard day and having a lack of sleep can actually increase your pain. Sleep assure, like ensures that you have normal cognitive functions um, and even just a little less or disturbed sleep can cause mood issues and inflammatory related depression. And I certainly feel that like I am much more I'm just sad. I'm sad when I'm tired. I cry easily. I'm, I can't actually think about positive things. Every, everything just seems negative. And lack of sleep increases cortisol, um, which then increases blood sugar, and that can cause hormonal imbalances. Well, it it does. It just it does cause in hormone imbalances. It reduces our immunity, and the last thing that we need is to be unwell on top of endometriosis. And then it increases inflammation in our body and then increased inflammation will increase pain. And on top of that, a lot of our hormones are made whilst we sleep in. So if we're not sleeping properly, then we're not creating enough hormones and we're causing some kind of imbalance there. And I think it's really easy to gloss over like hormonal imbalances as if they're like, oh, hormones are imbalanced. Like, I don't know. I can't really remember what I used to dismiss that as. Now I know what I know, but hormone imbalance causes so many different issues, migraines, fatigue, um, insomnia, depression, anxiety, PMS, so many different things that are going to affect your day-to-day existence and make it harder for you to operate, whether you're, you know, whether you're employed at work or whether you are self-employed. To follow that on, um, having balanced hormones through blood sugar balance is super important as is because it also balances our energy. So I'm going to do, I've got some interviews that are talking about like blood sugar, but I wonder if I could do another one that kind of talks about the signs and symptoms of low and high blood sugar. But if your blood sugar is imbalanced, your energy is going to be fluctuating all day. You're going to sometimes feel really like hectic and really like wired, um, maybe anxious. And then other points, you're going to feel like you really need to go to sleep. Like that feeling when you had a really big dinner, like let's say pizza or pasta or something, and then you just need to go to sleep. That feeling, if you're getting that after lunch or after breakfast, or you're getting hungry, 
after lunch or breakfast or you're feeling jittery, uh, you're feeling shaky, you've got bleary eyes, so many different things, that's your blood sugar. And it really affects your energy more than you even think. Until you start stabilizing your blood sugar, I think that's when you see, you, you realize how bad it was before. That's certainly how I felt in my experience. When I started, I wasn't balancing my blood sugar when I Oh, wow. Just remembering, like I wasn't balancing my blood sugar when I first went self-employed and my days were like so hard. It was like pulling teeth. Yeah, it was so hard to get through with the days. So, so hard. And now I think about it. My days are so much easier. I get the normal challenges that, you know, that you know that I have with endometriosis um, on occasion. And I do have challenges around my mental health and I don't like being lonely. Um, but my days are so much easier. I don't think I really ever, maybe once a month, do I have a day that I feel like the work that I've produced is probably not up to scratch. Um, I would say it's probably a little bit more recently because I've been so burnt out, but in the past year or so, I've really been able to stabilize my energy to a point where perhaps I don't feel like fully energized and I feel still feel like fatigue is on my shoulders, but I feel like it's a straight line. I'm not having massive crashes. And I think it's the massive crashes that just completely mess up my day. And I, I don't have that anymore. One of the things that I do to help with that and also just to kind of energize me in the morning is to start my day with my um, instant lion's milk, which is in my ebook, um, which is raw cacao, um, coconut oil, cinnamon, lion's mane, chicory, um, occasionally cordyceps. And that combination really sets me up for the day. The lion's mane um, improves cognitive function. Um, it actually helps regrow brain cells and, um, you know, just improves memory, makes you feel more focused. And it's like an instant effect, like obviously not instant, like you swallow it and you're amazing, but, um, it, it's not like it's an, it's not like it takes several months. It happens like, you know, within 15 minutes, half an hour of drinking it. And the cordyceps deliver more oxygen to your brain and your muscles and your body. So you just have more energy in general. Um, and I also, so when I'm drinking that, that's kind of like the first thing I do in the morning. And as I'm drinking that, I go and stand outside. Um, I don't have a garden, but I've got like a kind of entrance area, which is at the back of the house. So, um, I can stand outside in my pajamas and no one is past me by in the street. Um, stand outside and just kind of like look towards the sunrise. Um, and that will lift that lifts my cortisol levels so I'm going to do an episode on cortisol but what you want is your cortisol to be at its highest point in the morning and for sure mine isn't yet I'm working on my cortisol levels that's a whole other thing to work on but um as I improve that um one of the ways that I do that is by standing outside your body needs sunlight to realize that it's morning and it's time to wake up so if you can get a good amount of light into your bedroom in the mornings, 
then you won't necessarily have to start stand outside straight away, but it is really good to get outside in the mornings. That's super important, but you won't necessarily have to do it as soon as you wake up. But I can't get enough sunlight in my room because we're in a basement flat. It's quite dark. So standing outside really um, helps get my brain into gear. Um, I also meditate for five minutes every morning. I'd love to do more, but I do have like a couple of different things that I'm doing that to fit it all in. I just have to stick with five minutes for now until I can get up earlier. Um, So I do mindfulness every morning. And if you just kind of look at that as like you're preparing your brain for a day of work, like it, it's like... It's like almost doing like the warm up before you work out. Um, you're just getting your brain in gear, giving it that space um, to calm down and maybe slow down those anxious thoughts. And it helps me to be a bit more mindful throughout the day. So I have to meditate every day now. And I did a, an episode on exercise a while ago where I said like I kind of like broke up my day with intervals of exercise in order to get my exercise in I've actually changed that more recently and I've squeezed all of those workouts into one half hour session in the morning because again exercising raises your cortisol levels so I'm doing what I can to like get my cortisol levels in the right order so they're not peaking in the afternoon but I'm now also starting to vary that. So depending on what I need to do in the morning, if I'm studying in the morning, um, I won't exercise and I'll just break up my day with exercise. But if I'm not studying in the morning, I will do the 30 minutes. And that has been really, really helpful. And also helps me to feel like I've accomplished something before the day's even started. And it helps me to start the day feeling strong and powerful and it's good to see what my body is capable of doing and obviously you release those feel-good hormones so it's a really great way for me to start the day another thing that I do that might sound a bit OTT to some of you but it's really really common for freelancers and business owners to do is to write my goals out every morning so the same goals that I have for my year um, I write them out every morning and it reminds me to stay on track and let me tell you when it comes to setting like goals for the year, it can be so easy to set them and be really in it. And then they just, you just kind of forget about them. When you write them out every day, you don't forget about them. And you're kind of constantly thinking about ways to, to like achieve them and to get them to work and happen. And it's been really a, just a brilliant way to keep me on track and to keep me focused and to keep me seeing what my vision is and on the hard days it reminds me like why I'm doing what I do um so I I really like doing that in the morning that's part of my morning routine and I also do one minute of visualization to help me stay motivated so it might be if I'm having a hard day I might visualize what I want the day to look like like if I feel a bit rough that day or if it is, um, or then I just generally just kind of visualize one of my goals coming true. And when I get my day started, I always start with Brain FM. It's basically like focus music. Well, it's not just for focusing. You can use it for meditation. Uh, there's a sleep, there's sleep music, there's relaxing, focusing, and like I think studying and reading. So 
Um, I listened to 15 minutes of their recharge music and then I don't know why it just, it feels good. I think it kind of gets me off my anxiety train before I start work. And then I listen to the focus music for the rest of the day and it's pretty boring music and a bit weird. It kind of sounds like video game music, but it works so well. And it's been created by scientists who study like the brain waves that kick into action when we're focusing. And I can't really explain it in the right terms, but that music is kind of made to program our brains into focusing. Listening to Brain FM in combination with drinking Lion's Mane was like huge game changer. I cannot explain to you the difference that I felt when I started doing those two and how much my work improved and how much I can just work with ease. It's just, just incredible. And then something that I've implemented recently is, um, which I learned from Brendan Bruchard, I think is his name, is working, is like taking regular breaks. Like I used to be really bad at just working solidly, solidly. But his research has found that working for 52 minutes and then taking a break is like the optimum for productivity. People who work like that are the most productive. So I've started to do that. And actually it really works. And um, I don't take long breaks. I take like five minutes, 10 minutes. um, And I usually do something that I need to do in that time. I'm not necessarily, I don't like just stop and sit down. I might like message someone that I need to talk to or it's not work related. And it just kind of like, it helps me feel like I've done some other bits throughout the day that's not just work. And it breaks up my time. I don't know, it just feels nice. It feels like, oh, I can manage this. I can manage this. I've just got to write for 52 minutes and then I'm gonna have a break. I can do that. And it's just like starting again at the next 52 minutes. It's not like looking ahead and being like, oh, I've got eight hours of writing. So that's been really helpful. Um, And a couple of other things that I do during those times, during those breaks might be exercise. It might be some stretching, might be going for a quick walk, cooking, eating a snack. Yeah, those kind of things. As the day goes on, I try to kind of move into a more of a relaxed state um, and allow my cortisol levels to drop by creating like a nighttime routine, which I haven't got down yet. I'm still working on it. Lowering the lighting, getting off screens. And hopefully if I have time, which I'm trying to do more, you know, reading something that I want to read for pleasure. I am trying to like not study in the evenings and study in the mornings so that I can create more of a nighttime routine. And I always feel better if I have nine, about nine to 10 hours sleep. Like I'm tired after eight hours. It's not enough. I can be tired after nine, but most of the time I'm getting about eight hours sleep and it, it, seven hours, eight hours. And it's not, it's just not enough for me. So, and because I have insomnia as well, which I believe is to do with my quarter well I'm almost certain it's to do with my cortisol levels and estrogen dominance that I'm really trying to get my brain to relax so that I can get to sleep earlier because often I can't sleep for four hours or you know I'm still awake at 3 a.m so it takes me a long time to fall asleep so I'm trying to learn to start preparing for sleep earlier so that's kind of like my day um one thing that I do actually I 
don't often have masses of time, but at some point during the day, I will listen to a podcast. It might be when I'm washing up. It might be when I'm walking to the shops to get some, you know, some shopping in for lunch. It might be when I'm working out. Used to listen to podcasts when I was getting them ready in the morning, but I don't like, I'm not really doing like my makeup and stuff now. So I don't have like that much time to get ready because, you know, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So I don't need to put any makeup on. Um, you don't need to put makeup on, even if you are going out, um, but I do. And I listen to podcasts that really inspire and motivate me um, and just kind of put me in a really good, like positive frame of mind. Sometimes I have to listen to like more pleasurable podcasts because I can get overwhelmed by like all of the information being thrown at me. But some of the podcasts that I really love for like entrepreneurs and freelancers, um, are Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kutcher. So Amy Porterfield is called Online Marketing Made Easy, I think. Jenna Kutcher's is called Goal Digger. Um, Brendan Brendan Bouchard, I think is his name. Um, And Rachel Hollis. Um, Her one is called Rise. And then obviously like reading self-development books are just so helpful and inspiring and motivating sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming because of like all of the action steps so I don't um read them before bed well I'm trying not to read them before bed I'm trying to like if I'm reading them in the evening then I will like add I mean I'm not really reading self-development books at the moment I'm reading more like endometriosis related ones because obviously I read the books that I kind of have on the, I read the books by the authors that I have on the podcast. So they take up a lot of time. So I'm not reading as many self-development books as I'd like, but as I implement that more and make some changes to my day, I'd like to read them in the morning and in the evening after work, but not before bed. Um, But one of the best books that I have read this year is Atomic Habits. It's been incredible for changing some of my habits around my health and my work. I can't recommend that book more. But um, yeah, if you have time, I think reading self-development books can really energize you, give you a different perspective, offer you some tips to make life as a freelancer or entrepreneur easier, boost your confidence, just so many different things. One thing that I think could be really helpful is joining a members group. I joined the coven. I've had to, I've left just because I just couldn't, um, it just wasn't financially like possible anymore. But I joined the coven, which was an online community um, for kind of just freelance women and business owners. And that was really lovely to be part of. Like it kind of helped with that sense of loneliness. And of course, like if you can go to a workspace, if you've got if you've got the um, budget to hire a workspace uh, with other people or work somewhere, you know, a, a co-working co-working space, go for it. I think that's so helpful because everyone else is in the zone. So it's easier for you to be in the zone because it is a specific work working environment. Um, and I think as soon as I can do that, I'm definitely going to do that. 
in the meantime, it's helpful to have an online community to go to, to kind of like share struggles and um, just chat and ask questions, all of that. I think I mentioned this already, but I book in my calendar according to my cycle. And I just want to emphasize that a bit more. So I don't record any podcasts when I'm due on or when I'm on. I've tried it just recording I think the intros and I struggled so much it took me longer I sounded less enthusiastic I messed up we had to edit really heavily there was just it was just not worth it It, I should have just waited till later on in the month it does make it a little bit complicated because it just makes it a bit more fiddly and you have to like maybe slow down on certain things but I basically kind of keep the energetic creative parts of my work to the first half of the cycle and then the second half of my cycle is the stuff that where I need to be on my own and I'm not like interacting with people so much and I might be like writing or editing so just to do a really quick example so when it came to the ebook I photographed in my first half I did all the photography in the first half of my cycle and then edited in the second half of my cycle because I was more analytical at that point and I could sit down and just be a bit more rested rather than making all of these recipes and shooting them. Sounds so obvious, but letting in light and air. It sounds really obvious, but when I um, worked on Idol, I'd stay at Becky's a lot and she never opened her blinds and it really got to me. It really depressed me. Um, I mean, I don't think we ever opened the windows either. And it just made it more difficult to work. Like having fresh oxygen is going to energize you and obviously just deliver, you know, fresh air to your brain. It's going to wake you up. And having that light is going to help keep your cortisol levels elevated and following the right kind of um, levels throughout the day. So it sounds really obvious, but not everyone does it. So that's super helpful for keeping me focused and energized, even on the days where I might be struggling. And in terms of like the kind of staying active, I am trying to get a walk in in the mornings. I don't always achieve it because of timing, but that's what I would like to get to so I can get outside in air, in sunshine, um, moving my body, obviously doing exercise in the morning and breaking up my day with exercise. But on top of that, I really want to get a standing desk that I can kind of, I think they say that you don't need to stand all day, but it's about like sitting and standing at intervals. I want to like, I haven't seen any that I really like. So I think I'm going to design one and then get Chris to build it for me. And I think that's going to be really helpful because I do feel that like all of the blood, everything's just getting really stagnant in my pelvis. My pelvis is getting stiffer. I'm not really moving it. I'm not really flexible. So I'm just kind of creating more tension and more tightness in my pelvic floor, which isn't going to help with the inflammation and the pain levels. And for our well-being and our health, it's not great to be sitting down all day for numerous, numerous reasons. But um, there's research out there showing just just how unhealthy it is to sit down all day. I will try to find some of those and, and put them in the show notes. So for my peace of mind and for my well-being and for my poor pelvis, I want to start standing more. And I think from what I've read, it's really important that you have like a, a spongy mat underneath. So maybe like a yoga mat. And I think that's really important for, for people like us who have, who do have like lower pain, lower body pain, that we do have something spongy 
beneath us. If you need to be sitting down all day and that's like the best thing for you with your endo, um, I'm definitely not telling you not to do that. This is just what I feel works for me. It doesn't feel good for me to be sitting down all day. Like I can, I almost feel like my body is craving to be moving more. I can't explain it. But when you've been sitting down for two years, for very long periods of time, um, yeah, you, I just learned that my body wants to move more. I mean, even right now, I'm like swinging my legs about, um, trying to be as silent as I can because I just feel like they need to move. And to round up, there's a few things that I really want to improve on myself. Um, and I need to improve with my boundaries. And I think that's something that many of us who work for ourselves could be better at. And that's like creating boundaries around like finishing in good time. I try to tell myself I'll be finished by seven, but then I don't know. I often just will make an exception for that. Um, and also sometimes I think I can squeeze in much more than I, than I can. I think like, oh, I just have to finish this thing up. But then that thing takes like three hours. Like, honestly, I've been there many times. I'm protecting like, I really want to create a sacred day. I want my whole weekend to be sacred at some point. But, you know, just like Sunday, I don't look at anything work related. I would, you know, I really want to create some sacredness around my time. And that's, you know, that day is purely for family and friends or myself. Um, and I think that's really important part of self-care and, and having this, it's a marathon, not a sprint mentality and avoiding burnout that way. I think another thing for me is sitting amongst company. I think it's really easy for me to spiral into not feeling well when I'm not around people. But in order to be able to be around people more, I need to improve my income and also learn to be better at working in coffee shops around noise. And I think the best way that I can do that is through going out more to work from coffee shops during my ovulation and uh, pre-ovulation phases because at that point I am more energized and I want to be around people more. So it's quite a good time for me to be able to do that. I think my tolerance to noise and just movement around me will be better. And obviously I said this already, making sure I walk. Like my problem is right now is that like I will have my morning routine. I'll wake up, um, you know, have my drink, stand outside, come in, do my goals, um, exercise for half an hour and then start work. And I don't like spend time doing my makeup and stuff because getting ready properly because, um, I mean, I do shower and dress. That's like, I know a lot of entrepreneurs like work from their pajamas, but I don't do that because it, it just makes me sleepy and having a shower will like wake me up and stuff, but, and hygiene obviously, but I know some people who will wake up and work in their pajamas and then kind of shower mid afternoon or the end of the day. And that's kind of like the order that you do things and they can work fine like that. And I think probably if you are suffering with endometriosis quite badly then and you want to work from home, then working in your pajamas is like a dream. But it doesn't put me I'm not in I'm not in pain on a daily basis where I need to be like in my pajamas all day, right? Like I I, I kind of want to feel as work e as I can. So um I'm basically not getting ready properly. 
so that I'm not really like ready to leave the house and go for a walk. So I'll kind of go for a walk later on in the day or sometimes I won't even get outside at all. That's like quite common, like at least two to three days a week, I'm not getting outside. Um, and I really need to work on that. But I'm just like to, in order to do that, in order to fit in all of these things that I need to do for my health, I need to wake up earlier. And this morning my alarm went off at 6.20 and I snoozed it until seven, continuously snoozed it. And it's just that battle of like when you're fatigued and tired, like it's really hard to get your brain to think clearly. Like you'll feel better once you're up and the day will flow better. But like you're just sleepy and your brain is like creating all of these good reasons to stay in bed longer. And you can't really, you can't really think clearly. Like it's almost like autopilot to put, my alarm will snooze but what I'm trying to do is get myself to a point where I can get up earlier and I can do more in my first half of my day get my walk in get my exercise in get my morning routine in get my cortisol levels up and then as the day goes on I don't have to pack in as much you know I'm like I do my work I finish my work I read I've already studied in the morning uh, I think I forgot to mention that but you know I want to get in my studying and then I'm reading the books about endometriosis or self-development, self-help, maybe speaking to a friend, family member, making dinner, that kind of thing. And I can just ease my, ease into going to sleep and I can get to bed earlier, have better quality of sleep, and then I'm going to be able to wake up earlier. But it's just really that challenge of like getting up earlier in the first place to be able to fit everything in because so much of the past two years has been like, I keep up my intensity of my day way into the evening, you know, until nine, 10 at night. And then I'm expecting myself to be able to fall asleep. And that's just not possible. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my overview of my struggles with working, you know, being self-employed with endometriosis, but also the things that have really changed the game for me and have made me feel good. And the things that I need to improve and the things that I hope might help you. If you're in a similar situation, or maybe you just want to feel better at work, like you can definitely implement a lot of these at work, like listening to Brain FM, um, drinking Lion's Mane, taking regular breaks, that kind of thing. So I hope this was helpful. I can't believe how long this episode has been. I'm really sorry. Um, but yeah, I hope that even if it wasn't directly applicable to you, there are still some nuggets of knowledge and goodness in there. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. 
This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. Thank you.